the big bark. Listen up, dog owners. It's for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host Dara Burke and canine co-hosts Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark. Hello and a big welcome to The Big Bark, Ireland's favorite canine podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Burke, and I'm joined, as always, by my canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. We have a lot to come on today's show, so I'm just going to dive straight in today. A bit later on, we're going to be catching up with Ashley Bugler from Treaty Vets for the Health Hub. We'll chat to Samantha Rawson about puppies, our favourite topic, on our Clever Canine section. We'll be chatting with Katie Andrews, professional groomer in Pet Mania Westport, about the importance of grooming your dog. And we'll be filling you all in on the details of our big giveaway in association with Mackle Pet Foods. And we'll be giving you some details on the secret breed for that, which you will need to know to enter the competition. All this and so much more to come on the show. And as we dive in, let's go straight to our first uh, topic, which is... We have another listener who is in need of some advice this week and we got great response in last week let me just remind you that was the guy uh the girl who wanted to was it get rid of her get rid of her boyfriend's dogs yes like that uh that was quite a topical and quite a controversial one a lot of people saying there to get rid of the girl uh Let's have a look at some of the comments for that, actually. Someone actually did say maybe a proper uh, bit of training so that the dog's going to be calmer and not so excited. Uh, let's see. There is someone says, bye-bye boyfriend. Yeah, your boyfriend is a pure. I won't say what Jamie from Trails and Tales said. Uh, not for a show like this. And... Let's see, uh, my dogs don't like a human, there's usually a good reason. And yeah, a lot of people saying, and yes, it was the boyfriend who wanted to get rid of the dogs. And a lot of people saying the boyfriend has to go because your dogs are your family. And your dogs will always be there for you. So yeah, it's quite a topical one. And we actually have another quite topical one today now as well. And well, this is one that we would hopefully uh get a good bit of input and advice on as well so hey big bar team hope your listeners can help we just bought a new house in wicklow the previous owners of our place were an elderly couple who were well known in the area basically for being the granddad and granny to everyone and our garden was pretty much open for all the kids in the neighborhood to play in when we moved in we wanted to be good neighbors and we agreed that they could keep playing in our garden because it's the biggest one in the area Recently, my father got sick and he's not able to keep his own dogs any longer due to ill health. He didn't want to separate them up because they're old and he didn't want to send them to new homes. So he asked where we take them and myself and my wife, we jumped at the opportunity. So obviously we love these dogs. So that's why we agreed. But that's when the problem started. Now, most of the kids love the dogs and are very good with them. But last week, one of our neighbors showed up and we had never met this woman before. And she demanded we get rid of the dogs because her child fell in dog poo when playing in our garden. Now, 
This one has become a total nightmare for us and has gone around to all the neighbours to get a petition signed for us to get rid of the dogs. We told her that the kids, uh, and in fact her kids and no kids in fact, are no longer welcome uh, any longer in our garden because quite frankly we don't want the risk of it. It's created quite a lot of tension with our neighbours now and we're being shunned by the entire neighbourhood. It's our property and our dogs. We shouldn't have to do anything that we're uncomfortable with, especially leaving other people's children into our property. Any advice how to deal with the neighbours? Look, this is going to be a topical one again. Um, I'll hopefully get some good feedback in from our Instagram page on this. So feel free, guys, over on our Instagram page, you'll see that up there. You'll see the... uh, Post there, it's on our story as well. Feel free to give whatever advice you want. Uh, keep the language to a PG level because, like, we don't obviously want to be causing a ruckus on Instagram. But yeah, it's uh, it's quite the interesting one, all right. And it's uh, my own view is like, look, they're, they're right. Why should they? Why should they let other people's children into their gardens? Surely there's a park that the children can go play in. Like, look, maybe because the other, the granddad or granny or the two elderly people who were there beforehand, it doesn't mean that they need to keep doing it. And there's no obligation on them to leave other people's children into their, into their like, garden. Uh, especially when there's two dogs there. Two dogs who may be good with children, but, like, look, you never know what could happen. In if something went wrong, if there was a child who was nervous around dogs and the dogs can pick up on that, it's a big risk. So get your advice into us, guys, on Instagram and comment on the post. It's on our story as well. We'd love to hear some of your views on that. And for now, uh, we're going to go over now to the Health Hub, which brought to you by Tree Vets uh, here in Limerick and Shannon. And we'll be right back after this. Do you have a pet in need of a vet or do you need some health advice for your four-legged friend? Whether it's for a regular checkup, microchipping, vaccinations or critical urgent care, you can rest assured knowing that your pet is in loving hands at Treaty Veterinary Clinic Limerick and Shannon. Providing care for your pet since 1986, at Treaty Vets, your pet is our priority. Call our 24-hour number 061-328-511. Or make an appointment through our website, www.treatyveterinaryclinic.com. Or find us on Facebook or Instagram, Treaty Veterinary Clinic. Proud sponsors of the Health Hub on the Big Bark. And welcome back. And we're joined here now on the Health Hub today once again by Ashley from Treaty Vets. Ashley, welcome back to the Big Bark. Thanks very much. Great to be here. Okay, Ashley, so today we're changing the direction a bit and we want to talk a bit about the importance of dental health in dogs and in particular what can happen with like the likes of dental disease, gum disease. So do you want to talk to us a bit about why is dental health so important in dogs? Absolutely, yeah. So dental disease and dental health is one of my kind of passions, so I'm really keen to talk about this today. So um, one thing just to say is that over three years of age, of our pets have some kind of tooth disorder. And if this is left untreated, this can cause irreversible damage to our dog's teeth and gums and jaw bones. So 
The problem is we need to prevent dental disease by stopping the buildup of plaque. So plaque is this yellowish deposit that's kind of made up of bacteria and debris, and that forms around the surface of the tooth. So in time, this hardens to become a yellow brownish tartar, or sometimes we call calculus. And then this spreads over the entire surface of the tooth. Um, and this is what causes that horrible foul breath and, and really smelly breath. And, and then eventually, you know, it becomes painful and difficult to eat. So the main issue then starts when this plaque spreads up under the gum line. And this plaque contains horrible bacteria, really nasty bacteria. And they actually start attacking the surrounding gum and the tooth and they, they can track down to the tooth roots. Um, and then at the tooth roots, obviously, it is a lovely environment there. There's low, nice rich blood supply in the gum. It creates a little pocket and then pus starts to form at the tip of the roots. And this can cause an abscess, which is very, very painful. So when you when you have an abscess, the tooth then becomes loose and could eventually fall out. But it doesn't often fall out. Some of these teeth, especially the carnassial teeth at the back of the mouth and the molars, they have three roots. So you can have one really loose root that's really painful with a big abscess around it. But then the other two roots are holding the tooth in place. So the dog is, is kind of stuck with that tooth. And especially because they're right in the back of the mouth, that can easily go unnoticed. And the other point is that these bacteria um, and the toxins that these bacteria produce, they can actually enter the bloodstream through the gums and cause damage elsewhere in the body, like in the heart and the kidneys and the liver. So especially dogs that are prone to heart disease, that bacteria can get into the bloodstream circulate through the bloodstream and when the blood flow slows down as it's going through the heart and it meets the heart valves it can actually settle on the heart valves and cause what's called endocarditis so you get an infection in your heart and cause kind of um growths almost on the heart valves which then leads to murmurs and things like that and then as you can imagine dogs that already have heart disease their their valves are already compromised and then you're getting this extra pressure kind of on top of that so if you ever notice kind of smelly breath or um obviously a difficult to eating or any excess salivation or kind of a change in the pattern of how your dog is eating so if they used to eat really happily and now they're slowly eating or they're eating on one side of their mouth or anything like that that's a real you know indication that there's something wrong in the mouth um, and especially you, you know it can be kind of insidious and in onset so you might not you might not be you might not notice it might be something that comes on quite slowly but if you do notice the change in the pattern of eating or if they're becoming selective with their food so they're picking out the soft bits or they'll eat a bit of chicken happily but they won't eat their dry food anymore or they're they're dropping food or they're spilling water out of their mouth hanging their tongue out of their mouth or obviously pawing at the mouth or if you can if, if they will let you open the mouth and you can see that there's brown or or yellow horrible stuff on the teeth they're all reasons to definitely get your dog down to your vet and get those teeth checked out because dental disease is severely painful and when it comes to a point where a dog is not eating because of dental disease that that kind of means the dog is in excruciating pain because usually even if dental disease is severe they'll still be eating something because they have that that nature in them to survive so if your dog if you see any minor change in their pattern of eating any smell from the mouth excess salivation change in chewing anything like that get your dog down to the vet as quick as you can okay actually that's great and great advice there um so tell me what should we be doing as dog owners, to keep our dog's teeth clean. Like, obviously, we know there's, like, products that you can pick up even in a local pet shop, like actual toothpaste and stuff. How often should you be, like, cleaning your dog's teeth? Absolutely. So, yeah, from a puppy, I would say 
you know, my advice would be to start brushing your teeth, your dog's teeth every day. So you can imagine in humans, if you didn't brush your teeth every day, how horrible your teeth would be and how much plaque and bacteria be building up in your mouth. And dogs are the same, like, and little puppies sure are picking up, you know, bits of mud and grass and everything from outside. So and, and when they're pups is the time to start getting them used to it. So what I would say is to pick up a good quality dog toothpaste, one that preferably contains chlorhexidine. That's the kind of antiseptic that we want in those toothpastes. It's very important that it's a doggy toothpaste, that it's not a human one or for any other kind of pet. The dog one is particularly for dogs. So pop down to your vets or, you know, or a pet shop and pick up a, a decent doggy toothpaste. I would start with just using your finger. So every day, putting a small amount on your finger and just rubbing it along the inside of your dog's mouth. Now, just if you have a puppy, start straight away. If you have an adult dog, don't be put off. Oh, you know, he's your doggy, you'll get there. So nice and easy, nice and patient, loads of praise and start really gently, even just start by lifting the lip once a day and then start with just your finger, nothing else, just touching the teeth. And then the next day, put a little bit of the toothpaste on and so on. Just easy does it, really nice and easy. And eventually what you want to be able to do is have a nice kind of pea-sized amount of toothpaste on your finger and rub it completely along all surface of the teeth and gums on the, you know, in the dog's mouth, upper and lower, okay? Um, up all the upper teeth and all the lower teeth and all along the gum line. And I, I think we should be doing that every single day because that bacteria, once it's in your mouth, that stays there forever if it's not removed. It never goes away. So they can be drinking or you can put... I know some there are products out there that you can put in the water and I suppose they're they're better than nothing. Maybe for an aggressive dog, if you absolutely can't get near their mouth, it's better than nothing. But the real secret is is kind of is brushing the teeth. So once the doggy is accepting you using your finger, you can then start moving on to a brush. So the mechanical action of the brushing is, is really helpful to removing this, this bacteria and plaque from the teeth. So you can buy um, little finger brushes that go on over your finger. And I think that's a nice option because you've already you've already gain the dog's trust by putting with, with putting the finger into the mouth so it's not a big step up then to have a brush on your finger to go you know into the mouth it's a lot it's a bit less scary than just kind of going at them with a toothbrush as such and um, so that that would be my recommendation or you you could you can get a soft like a soft child's brush if your dog is really really friendly and really really easy going they probably won't mind you using a little a very very soft child's brush or a soft kind of doggy toothbrush but i like the finger brushes you know they're 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 excellent and um, and then in terms of treatment of dental disease i suppose and um, if, if you do notice your dog is having dental issues bring them down to the vet if i notice that a dog is coming into me and he's got really bad plaque and tartar i'll be recommending ultrasonic cleaning so and um, when you get that level that hard black tartar brown tartar on the teeth brushing isn't going to take that away okay that needs to be mechanically removed with an ultrasonic scaler so and um, for that to happen the doggy needs a general anesthetic so um we might do some pre-anesthetic bloods we'll do full checkup make sure your dog is in good health you know for for the, for the anesthetic and um, and then we'll go ahead and we'll scale all the teeth so we'll remove that heavy plaque and tartar from the teeth with our little scaler um, and then we do a full dental check. So we check all the roots. We measure for any kind of gum recession or anything like that. And if we have any loose teeth or rotten teeth or teeth with abscesses, we'll, we'll extract those teeth. OK, there's no point leaving um, kind of sore, painful, loose teeth in a dog's mouth. They're not doing them, them any favours. And once you extract that tooth and obviously suture the gum and everything, within a couple of weeks, that gum heals really well. And, and the dog's mouth actually gets really strong. So they have, you know, their facial bones and their, their jaw bones are really hard underneath once, once those horrible teeth are gone out. And they can chew absolutely fine. They have no issue. I know some dogs who have very 
little teeth left and are still eating dry food, no problem, because they're not in any pain. And so that's really important. And then we, you know, we also have things like dental x-ray and things like that to check for abscesses or kind of um, if a doggy say at some point in their life, they might have broken a tooth and it, it went unawares to the owner and those roots are left behind in the gum and then they become infected. We might not see that on the outside. So we might have to do a little x-ray to detect that and then go in and surgically remove those roots. And um, there was one other thing I wanted to mention was about kind of injuries to the mouth. So um, I do see a lot of tooth injuries, tooth fractures. Um, some of them are accidental. So things like um, stick injuries. So do- throwing sticks for your dog and the dog jumps up and catches a stick awkwardly and, and hurts a tooth. Or, you know, so I've seen a lot of sticks stuck in mouths, stuff like that. Um, but the main one is kind of giving your dog bones and sticks to chew on. Or I've even heard of people feeding or giving antlers and kind of rawhide and stuff to chew on. Um, and I've seen a lot of slab fractures of the ma- of the bigger teeth in the mouth and even kind of fractures of the canine teeth. And these are extremely, extremely painful injuries to a dog. And, and they're actually quite challenging to treat because usually those teeth are quite healthy and they're very difficult to extract. Um, so, so really what I wanted to say is that if you're going to give your dog a treat, um, any kind of a hard treat, obviously avoid bones and sticks and, and kind of antlers and things like that. But even like kind of any kind of chewed sticks or toys if you can't if you can't indent the toy or this or the treat with your nail then it's too hard for your dog to be chewing on so avoid anything overly hard in an effort to avoid you know causing causing problems that we don't need to be causing okay and that's the other thing and then there was one other thing is that um some dogs are just prone to dental disease so kind of greyhounds we often see or kind of dogs with narrow mouths and jack russell terriers other terriers and and even kind of the brachycephalic breeds the short face breeds that have kind of their teeth are kind of bunched up in their mouth these dogs are really prone to dental disease so some of these dogs it's not unusual for them to need a scale and polish you know every year every two years and um, and then if we're seeing doggies that are having to have scales and polishes really regularly and that the plaque is just building up really quickly despite the owner's best efforts with toothbrushing and everything there is diets you know special prescription diets that we can prescribe so there are certain diets that are form to help keep the teeth clean so they don't stick to the surface of the tooth and they contain like a special fiber matrix with these aligned fibers and this helps to gently scrape the surface of the tooth while the tooth is being chewed and and they often contain a high level of antioxidants too which helps to kind of neutralize free radicals and bind up those toxins that are being released so and there's lots of things we can do to keep your dog's mouth healthy and I actually think it's one of the most important aspects of being a pet owner is being really really hot on your dog's dental care it's it's a big issue that you know I see every single day multiple times a day is dogs with sore mouths you know rock, dirty mouths infected mouths and it's totally you know preventable and treatable so just if you do think your doggies having any kind of problems with the mouth or you want to kind of kind of get ahead get a step ahead and prevent problems just come down and pop down and talk to us or talk to your vet there's loads of things we can do to help that's fantastic ashley uh that's ashley from treating vets on our health hub uh brought to you by treating vets thank you for joining us again today ashley and we'll chat to you again soon Thanks very much. Talk to you soon. Do you have a pet in need of a vet or do you need some health advice for your four-legged friend? Whether it's for a regular checkup, microchipping, vaccinations or critical urgent care, you can rest assured knowing that your pet is in loving hands at Treaty Veterinary Clinic Limerick and Shannon. Providing care for your pet since 1986 at Treaty Vets, your pet is our priority. Call our 24-hour number 061 
328-511 or make an appointment through our website www.treatyveterinaryclinic.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Treaty Veterinary Clinic, proud sponsors of the Health Hub on the Big Bark. And we're back and thank you to Ashley there from Treaty Vets for that brilliant insight. Learn to laugh about uh, brush your dog's teeth and just dental health for doggies in general. That will come in very handy to all of our dog owner listeners out there and I hope you found that useful. Now I have something to announce which is the secret breed. Now the secret breed will all become clear a bit later on when we jab out the competition but the secret breed is Barney's Mountain Dog. You'll need to take that down because you'll need it for the competition. Secret breed is Barney's Mountain Dog. So that is going to be useful for the competition which I will explain later on we won't be repeating the secret breed again it's only announced once over the next five in each of the next five episodes so with that in mind yeah it's a pretty it's going to be a pretty good competition I'll explain everything a bit later on so we love following animal rescues and I'm I suppose a huge fan and always have been a huge fan of Limerick Animal Welfare. And that's where we're looking at today for our uh, our Limerick, our, our Animal Welfare Doggy of the Week. And that is Sandy, who is a golden retriever. And Sandy is, after having, I believe it was five or six puppies, Sandy's after having. And they look absolutely gorgeous there's a lovely video here on lemma Animal Welfare's instagram page and sandy just looks like such a, the puppies and all they look so beautiful so yeah uh lemma Animal welfare sandy if you want to inquire about adopting sandy's puppies get onto lemma Animal welfare uh, via instagram or facebook or by the email address also so that's law sanctuary at gmail.com so get on to them and have a look at Sandy's puppies and you're just going to be going, oh, for definite, because like, so, so beautiful. There are actually so many beautiful dogs out at law and I'm really hoping to get out there again soon and just get back out and check out those beautiful, beautiful doggies. And now we're right in the middle of summer, like the evenings are long, the days are hot and we have to remember that it is very important to keep your dog's coat groomed and make sure that you de-shed your dogs. And there's so much to remember with regards grooming. So that's why we've asked Katie Andrews from Petmania in Westport to join us here today and chat to us a bit about grooming. Katie, a big welcome to the Big Bark. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Delighted to have you on and specifically to talk about uh, dog grooming, which is something we haven't spoken about for a good while here on the Big Bark, and it's something that's like of the utmost importance to make sure that your dog's coat is well kept and well looked after. So, first of all, Katie, give us a bit of background on, on yourself. So, I've been grooming for about six years now, um, and I started 
I got into grooming actually through working in a vet's um, and that's where I literally got bitten by by the grooming bug, so to speak. And I just knew that was the career for me. So I've been um, I was self-employed for almost four years before I decided to go and work with the girls in Petmania in Westport. Okay, perfect. And okay, like obviously, like being a dog groomer, you get to meet loads and loads of lovely different dogs. So, would you tell us why is it so important, Kate, that people look after their dogs' coats? So, um, it's really, really, really important for all dogs, regardless of their coat types, uh, to take care of their coats and grooming needs because it really takes care of their skin and keeps it lovely and healthy along with their coat and it keeps them very very well looked after then and because if you don't take care of their skin just like yourself you can get very bad skin infections and all sorts of nasties some dogs have hair that grow in the ear canal that needs to be plucked and you can if they don't get that done it can leave them more prone to ear infections and you know it's just really really good just like taking care of yourself really okay and so give us an example of some of the things that you do on a daily basis so like as a dog groomer what are some of the most common treatments uh, that you'd actually offer for dogs <laughs> Well, we'd do, you know, every dog that comes into us gets a lovely bath and blow dry. Um, and in Petmania, we offer different packages. So we cater that package to your individual dog's needs. So for some dogs that suffer with skin issues, allergies, uh, they're prone to hot spots or anything like that, we have a, a skin soothing mud bath that really, really helps. It cleanses the skin and it's so gentle and nourishing. It really, really helps the, the sensitive doggies. Um, if you have a double coated dog that's shedding a lot, so your border collies, your huskies, Samways, golden retrievers, doggies like that, even Jack Russells and Labradors, we have a fantastic de-shedding uh, clay mud bath that is amazing. It just gets rid of all that dead undercoat, really helps cleanse their skin and their hair follicles. And it just really helps keep them um, nice and healthy. We also then, as groomers, we have our hands on your doggy so we can find any lumps, bumps. We look at the skin, we clean the ears and have a good look there. We notice a lot of health issues. If there is any pro uh, problems with the skin, the ears, the eyes, lumps and bumps, warts and things that people wouldn't maybe take much notice of because, you know, we have the dryers and things. So we're parting that hair and we're having a good look. We can pick up on, on things like that. So our days can be quite varied between the types of rooms we do. Um, we do nail clipping and we express the anal glands and things. So our days are so, so diverse, really. You never have one day the same. Sounds very interesting. And like I've been looking even at Pet Mania's site, there's one package that I'm actually find very interesting that you offer. And I was speaking to your colleague on this previous as well. You offer a wedding package, I believe. Is that right? Yes, we do. Um, actually, I'm actually getting married in November and I'm actually getting this package for my own doggy. So I'm very, very excited now. Um, but it's fantastic. We uh, we do a dog of honour um, wedding package. So it's great because a lot of pet owners want their dogs involved in the wedding day because, you know, they're they're part of the family. Um, and it's a fantastic way of including them, uh, especially for photos and things like that. 
um, and we can do it for any doggies. Um, so you'd get your doggies groomed. And what comes with that package is a choice of a uh, like a, a wedding bow tie or um, a ring bearer bow. There's a lovely uh, floral like lead. It's got flowers on it or even a wedding flower. You get a choice of that with uh, with the package. And we will make sure your doggy's looking absolutely fantastic the, the day before your wedding. Uh, we usually do a little meet and greet anyways to assess your doggy's coat type. And we will arrange grooms in the process leading up to that to make sure that their coat is in the best uh, condition possible for the groom, uh, for the wedding even, sorry. Brilliant, Katie. Like, that sounds like a really interesting package. And like, I suppose it's something now with... COVID kind of nearly behind us. It's something with a lot of weddings going on this year. I'd say it must be a very popular package. It is. And it's it's such a joy. We we had one only recently and it was just such a joy to see how happy the owners were and the pictures we got sent um shortly afterwards. Um the doggy looked fantastic and it was just nice to be able to help him be a part of the day and make that such a special moment for everybody involved. Brilliant. Now, okay, I want to turn uh, attention a bit for a minute because obviously we're coming to the height of the summer season now. So grooming is probably just as, if not more important during the summer. Is that right? Absolutely. Even um, for even your curly coated breeds and stuff, it's very important. But the biggest dogs that don't get as much um kind of thought about with the coats is is the double coats so your border collies your golden retrievers huskies and things like that it's very very important for shedding breeds to get groomed regularly throughout especially throughout the summer because if they have a build-up of that dead undercoat it can make uh they can't the skin can't breathe and they don't sweat as easily so you can get a build-up of bacteria on the skin they can get skin infections they overheat and a common misconception is I have a golden retriever who's very hot in the summer. Uh, I should shave him very short. But this is actually uh, the, one of the worst things you can do. If you keep them de-shedded and brushed out and regularly groomed throughout the summer and all year, but especially during the summer, you allow that skin to breathe and their coat regulate, helps them regulate. If you start cutting the coat, you can leave them very, very prone to, to sunburn and they can't thermoregulate their skin very well. So it's just a very complicated kind of thing there. You get into the science of, of the coats there, but it's very, very important that all doggies do get seen very regularly throughout the summer just to keep them cool. Brilliant. And Katie, what about what should dog owners be doing to care for the dog's coat at home in between grooming sessions? Uh, uh, brush, brush, brush and just keep brushing and um, make sure that if you've a curly coated dog so like your Bichons, your cockapoos poodles anything like that that you are maintaining the coat at home make sure that you when if you wash them at home that you are washing them correctly and drying them correctly um, because you can actually mat up the coat um, if you don't prep that coat correctly. Um, but if you pop into one of your pet mania stores and ask to speak to one of the groomers, we'll absolutely be able to talk you through the steps and making sure how to correctly brush um, or you can look up on YouTube and things about line brushing a curly coat. It's very, very important. And 
just that's the main thing just keep brushing and if you have any questions you can always pop into us and we'll be happy to help that's great katie and i have one question as well here that came in from one of our listeners and i'm just going to bring it up to her now uh what should i do to look after my dog's coat after he goes for a swim so the biggest thing is to actually make sure that you don't let them air dry if, especially if they're long haired coats so even if it's something like a yorkshire terrier or especially i know the bichons and things like that they're mad little things for going wanting to go swimming and things but you want to make sure that his coat is maybe give him a little bit of a wash afterwards doesn't have to be a big big ordeal just a little bit of a rinse down to get any of the rubbish off his coat and then make sure that you brush brush that coat out really really well and make sure you dry the coat really really well so don't just towel dry and and leave them because that's where the knots and friction will cause some mashing you'd want to brush out and use your hair dryer to 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 dry them and just keep brushing and that usually can help but if your doggy is a big big swimmer you can speak to your groomer about a, a, a groom that would suit a more active doggy we'll be happy to help and advise you there about kind of coat coat lengths and things like that that you can do to make sure that 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 coat is easier to maintain at home that's great katie uh katie thank you so much for joining me on the big bar today uh pleasure to have you on and that's katie andrews from pet mania in westport county Mayo. Thanks so much. And that was Kehi Andrews there. Thank you, Kehi, for joining us. That was very informative. Delighted to have Kehi on the show to chat to us about grooming your dog. Very, very important, especially this time of year. Important all year round. But proper grooming is always needed for your beautiful canine friend. Now, I did promise you a bit more detail about our competition. And, okay, let me give you the full details. You will remember earlier on that we mentioned our secret breed. Not going to tell you what that is for the simple reason you have to listen earlier on. But, here's what you need to do. So, that secret breed will be announced in the this episode, as it was earlier. And then the episode 50 through to 53 which will take us right up to the 21st of July you need to listen to the big back to find that secret breed could be anywhere on the show so after that you need to submit your entry your entry for the competition and I'll tell you the prize in a minute the You'll need to submit your details and your and the secret breed that I announced earlier on brandydogfood.com. Link will be in the bio. And what you can win is a three-month supply of brandy dog food. So closing day for entries is the 4th of August. So it's open for a good while. You can you can have multiple entries. There will be multiple entries allowed. But you need to know the secret breed in order to enter on brandydogfood.com. So make sure that you listen through the episode and you will find the secret breed announced there. Enter those details over on brandydogfood.com and you could be in with a chance to win a three-month supply, 12 weeks of feeding, which is based on a 10-kilo dog based on the FEDIAF nutritional guidelines. 
terms and conditions apply and you can find all details on our Instagram and Facebook pages and competition is open to residents of the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland. So good luck on that. If you want any more details, feel free to DM underneath the post on Instagram or on Facebook and be sure that you have listened in and got the secret breed from our show earlier on. Now, uh, we're coming close to the end of the show, but coming up now, we are heading over to Tipperary to chat to Samantha Rawson from the Canine College about puppies. Clever Canines on the Big Bark is brought to you by the Canine College, run by champion dog trainer Samantha Rawson, a regular contributor to RT Radio and Television. Samantha is a certified canine behaviour consultant and with 30 years experience in the field. She has the knowledge and understanding to help any dog. Our services include individual dog training from basic to competition standard, assessments and behaviour consultations. The Canine College is set on five acres with a secure paddock and an indoor classroom. See thecaninecollege.ie or find us on Facebook for more information. Okay, and we're back now on the Big Bark, and we're back on our Clever Canine segment, and we welcome today Samantha Rawson from the Canine College. Samantha, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dara. Great to have you back on. It's uh, It's been a while since you've been on with us, but it, you're going to be talking to us over the next uh, over the next six weeks on different dog training topics. So... Let's today start off from, I suppose, start off from the beginning. We're talking about puppies today, isn't that right? Yes. So so I want to kind of concentrate on very young puppies and even before you get the pup, um, that the, the early environment and the breeder and how the pup is reared is really important before you even get the pup or buy the pup or wherever you source your puppy from looking at the environment where the puppy is born and reared and the health of the mother and the father, if he's there, is really important because that that should that should kind of indicate whether you're going to purchase this pup or not. OK, so first off, I suppose, Samantha, like what are, what are the red flags to look out for? Like, OK. Obviously, you should never begin a pup that's less than eight weeks old, from my own understanding. But what are yeah. the red flags to watch out for when you're viewing a pup and the environment in particular. Okay, so so um many years ago on a course we were told to pretend that you're the worst dog over owner ever. Pretend that like if you were selling puppies that you wouldn't sell a pup to yourself. So if you kind of say, oh well I'm out at work all day, you know, I live in a flat four stories up, um, you know, uh I, I'm I'm kind of don't have an awful lot of money. So you know, are the vet fees going to be very expensive? You know, so you make yourself out to be the worst person. And if that person is still prepared to give you a dog, well, then walk away because they don't care about the dog. They only care about trying to get rid of the dog or sell the dog or pass the dog off. So that's that's to me, that was great information because it would never occur to any of us who are dog lovers to pretend to be people who would be willingly neglectful of a dog. So that's that's a great way to check people out. Um, and also the a good breeder wants the best for their puppy. So a good breeder should be interviewing you 
And, and I wouldn't be offended. I would actually be delighted if a breeder um, interviews me. So I suppose the red flag, Dara, would be um, that the breeder doesn't ask any questions, doesn't really want to, to know about you or your environment or your family situation. Um, a breeder that is prepared to sell two puppies, I would run a mile from. Um, a breeder that doesn't handle his own puppies. Um, so puppies, if they're going to be pet dogs, have to be used to being petted. So handling is really important um, that you ask to see the dogs being fed and that puppies should be fed from individual bowls. Now, in the early days, puppies will only eat from one you know, big bowl or a big tray. I would tend to feed puppies from a tray, not from a bowl. Um, but that they, they should, by the time of eight weeks, be eating out of separate bowls. And they should also be being fed at least four times a day, three, three minimum, but definitely four. Um, so if a breeder says to you, oh, he only needs to be fed twice a day, that would indicate to me that the breeder isn't there all day and the breeder is only feeding those pups twice a day themselves, which means that the pups aren't getting in a whole lot of care um, and a, a not an awful lot of personal attention and time. So the red flags for me are if I ask a question, how often are the pups fed? You know, um, ask the, to see the pups being handled, so that you handle the pup yourself. If the pup struggles in your arms, it's not used to being handled. So a pet dog has to use to being handled and petted. Okay, so, so the environment in which the dogs are born and reared is really important. Um, so the, the dogs should have, you know, plenty of space and plenty of food. So the thing about puppies is they need loads and loads of resources. So if you go and see a puppy and you're going to potentially buy this puppy, you need to see that the environment is clean. You need to see where the dogs actually sleep um, because most times you'll, you'll see the dog outside. So you want to ask where the dog sleeps. You want to ask the breeder handling their own puppies. You want to pick up the puppy yourself and handle it. Um, you want to ask about food that the dog should be fed at least three or four times a day. Um, and that you want to have a look at the general environment. If there's any sign of dirt or, you know, dog poo around the place, um, I would be very suspicious of that. So the dogs themselves have to be clean. They have to be happy. They have to be healthy. They have to be well used to being handled. Um, and the general environment has to be clean. And I would also interview the, the, the seller or the breeder or whoever you're getting the dog from, that they know about dogs, that they're not just somebody who's decided to breed a litter and who actually knows nothing about dogs. So it's really important to get as much information as you can. Um, and I would always ask, you know, what if my situation changes? Can I bring the dog back? Um, because a good breeder wants the very best for their pup. So it's really important that, that God forbid, your circumstances change, that you should be able to bring the pup back and that you're happy to return that pup to that environment. If you're not happy to return that pup to that environment, I wouldn't be taking a pup from that environment anyway. And the, the really red flag, Dara, is just for anybody is if that breeder is prepared to sell two puppies or even if you want to, you know, check it and say, right, um, can I buy four puppies? And see if he's prepared to sell you or she's prepared to sell you four puppies because who has time for four puppies? Do you know what I mean? So, so I would deliberately kind of throw in a red flag question just to see what, what the response is. But the, your yardstick is a clean environment, clean, happy, healthy mother, um, that the dogs are fed at least three or four times a day. The dogs are well used to being handled um, and that the breeder knows their stuff, that the breeder should be a, a font of information and is there to support you and help you over the next you know, few weeks. OK, Samantha. And Samantha, you mentioned as well about the uh, 
the health of the mother. Now, how important is it that you actually get to see the mother and how important is it that you get to see the father of the dog too if the dog is, if the if two dogs are there? It, it's really, really useful because so many times in my career, Dara, you know, somebody will, will come for training or behavior assessment and it might be something like, oh, he barks a lot or he barks at visitors that come to the house. And I'll say, OK, so did you see the parents? Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, did either of the parents bark at people? Oh, God, yeah. When we went to see the puppies, the father was in a pen. He was barking his head off. So, you know, that, that if, the, if the parents are, are exhibiting any kind of behavior, you can be pretty sure that the puppies are going to ha- probably exhibit the same behavior. So that's why it's important to meet the parents, because behavior can come down either parental line. And sometimes it's genetic and sometimes it's learned. Um, so that's really important. Again, if I was, you know, meeting um, the, the mother of a pup or the father of the pup, I want happy, healthy, confident, outgoing dogs. If the mother or the father is nervous, well, then maybe the puppy might be nervous. So it's a really important indicator of of how a pup might potentially turn out. And also then from the health point of view, if a mother is any way stressed while she's pregnant or if she's not being fed properly enough or she doesn't have the proper care or the proper nutrients and her health is compromised or her emotional health is compromised, well, then she's going to produce a puppy that's born into a stressed environment. And that puppy more than likely is going to have some kind of welfare issues as it grows up, whether it be medical, that it needs veterinary attention or whether it then be behavioral down the road. So that's why the health of the mother and the environment that the puppies are reared in is really, really important that you check that out and that you, you know, you do a bit of digging and and you try and, you know, without thinking that everybody's, you know, pulling the wool out of your, over your eyes, that you try and do some investiga- investigatory work um, and do, you know, do your homework. And I also would never buy a dog on the day I go to see it. Um, I would go and see several litters so you have a choice um, and I would never buy a dog on the day I go to see it. I would go away and think about it and then come back. And if I'm happy, then then great. If you're you're happy with everything, then great. But if you're anyway suspicious or there's any doubt in your mind, just walk away. That's very good advice, Samantha. And I suppose it's very all this is very important for I suppose to make sure that you're not buying off a puppy farm or a backyard yeah. breeder. Like we I remember we talked a lot about this back there, would have been a year or two ago, uh, on the show about like all these backyard breeders, how the price of dogs had gone so high as well at the time. Yeah. Like it is very important for dog owners to know where they're actually going into to buy a dog. Yeah, because because as soon as you walk away, Dara, and you bring that dog home, regardless of how much money has has exchanged, once you bring that dog home and you have any problems, if that breeder is gone for the hills and, you, you know, is not to be seen and doesn't care about the welfare of the pup, you're on your own. It's like you're totally on your own. And now you've got a dog who has potentially medical issues that you're going to be down at the vet or everything seems fine, and then suddenly you hit a behavior issue when the dog is six months old. So it's really important that, you know, this is a 14-year commitment, that you do your damnedest to try and, and buy a dog that's emotionally healthy, that's physically healthy, that you're happy with the person who, who sold you or gave you the dog, that they're actually a dog lover, and that they, they are interested in the dogs. Because otherwise, excuse the pun, but quite literally, you are being sold a pup. 
quite literally. Very good advice there, Samantha. And I think we'll leave it at that for today. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll be back with you again next week. And that was Samantha Rawson there on Clever Canines, which is brought to you by the Canine College. Thanks, Samantha, for joining us. And she'll be back next week again. She'll be continuing on her conversation uh, about uh, puppies. And we'll be talking next week about when you get that new, when you get your new puppy home, what are the next steps? So that's all the time we have today. Remember, check out our competition on Instagram and also be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, on all the socials. We're on all of them. And in the meantime, thanks to all our guests today and have a great week and give your doggies lots and lots and lots of cuddles for us all. The Big Bark, listen up dog owners, it's for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark. <laughs>